Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 869. I have so much stuff to do, I don't have enough life to do it all. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Steve Darnell. Hey, Steve, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Hey, I'm I'm just sitting here waiting to just get this party started. <laughs> All right, let's get the party started. <laughs> Steve Darnell is the creative force behind Welder Up. It's an automotive shop in Las Vegas, Nevada, where they build some of the wildest rat rods ever created. Beyond cars, Steve also creates short films, music videos, and creative man interior designs. Fueled by the desire to prove the naysayers wrong, Steve has always been determined to exceed everyone's expectations. He's originally from Montana. Steve is a rancher turned car artist and has built Welder Up into a very successful business. He refuses to compromise on his cars, expecting perfection out of every build and everyone on his very talented and unique team. And you know what? You can find Steve and his guys on Discovery Channel's hit show, Vegas Rat Rods. So, Steve, I have told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little bit more about your business and, of course, an obvious passion for automobiles? Well, I mean, actually, I'm I'm a native of Las Vegas. And then um, my mom wound up marrying a guy from Montana, and that's what got me up there. Ah, And that's, I think, the mixture of the two worlds is what kind of got me where I'm at today i just remember the the lights of vegas and the cool old race tracks in las vegas there was a say a racetrack called the stardust speedway that the stardust did back in the 60s i think by the early 70s it was gone but when i was a little kid i had a, a couple of mini bikes and i would go out and ride my mini bike on that track oh wow and i think they actually filmed a couple of elvis movies on that track so it was really cool there was a lot of race history there and it was a neat time in Vegas being around these cars. My mom and dad, you know, they cruise Fremont Street. And uh, they got just so many cool stories. I mean, I think the, the 60s were just so cool, you know. And I, I <laughs> yeah. love the, the, I love the music. I like the way that people dressed. I like the, the vibe. It was just a great time, I think. You know, my mom and dad are uh, from that era. Sure. Of being teenagers in the 60s. So, you know, you hear such great stories and cool things, you know, and then mixing that up with, being out in the middle of a farm field somewhere working on farm equipment, your imagination just goes crazy. <laughs> is that where you learned how to weld is working on the farm? No, actually, my dad is an iron worker here in Las Vegas. Uh-huh. My dad's been here since the 60s. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's he's been here forever. And I basically grew up in a steel yard. So my dad had a steel business since the late 70s. You know, I grew up in the front seat of an old Ford truck delivering steel and he did a lot of welding back in those days on ornamental iron and a little bit of structural steel. So mm-hmm. as I grew up, our steel business grew. And as it did, you know, we got big, heavy equipment and cranes. And I learned to repair and weld all the stuff. And then really, I started off building flatbeds for my dad when I was about 17. He would get these trucks. Actually, what they were were old wore out U-Hauls. Oh, okay. And we'd take the box off them and we would build flatbeds. So 
you know, it was all stick welded together. We didn't have MIG welders. We torched everything. We didn't have, you know, we didn't even have a freaking cutoff wheels or like a chop saw. So, I mean, it was, it was pretty, pretty hardcore. And, um, it was tough times back then, you know, it was a rough go, but yeah. Can my dad do that stuff? I just learned, you know, so here I am. Well, here you are. Wow, what a journey. And obviously, you picked up some uh, creative genes from your parents as well because of the very cool cars that you guys build there and all the other things you're involved in. And we're going to learn a lot more about you as we continue on this journey. But first, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra, some kind of meaning that has some sense and relativity to you. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah, so Steve, take the wheel. I mean, I guess on me being where I'm at, it's just seven days a week, period. That should be my slogan. Seven days a week. I'm up and I go every day, every day, seven days a week. You know, you think you get in this position that, you know, I'm at the pool parties here in Las Vegas and just (laughs) living the lifestyle. Well, it's not like that. Yeah. I'm a very overactive workaholic. This is a show that probably shouldn't even have made it. But because of the hard work that's put into it, it did. You look at something that's kind of an underground world that, you know, you look at guys that build rat rods 10, 15 years ago, you're like, oh, those things are pieces of junk because everybody's looking for that shiny paint and then that sure. overly done nice car. But, you know, a lot of these guys that are rat rod builders are artists and they're fabricators. Right. And I right. think that's what's catching the eyes of people. You see it from afar and you're like, Ooh, I don't know. But the beauty is as you get closer to it is better. And the more you dig around and you look at it, all these little corners and cool little ideas and things. I mean, it really just tells a story. And I think that's what's making them so popular right now. Well, you know, you hit on a real keynote for entrepreneur success here, and that's hard work. That's persistence, tenacity, and just a lot of grit and hard work. And and no doubt, a lot of people see TV shows like yours and other shows, and they go, oh, these guys are living their life. They just get up whenever, drink coffee, walk around, yell at people, throw a wrench, and make billions of dollars, right? It's so easy. <laughs> well, no, that's not... <laughs> Some of them can do that, <laughs> but I can't. We came from really nothing. I mean, there's this is just a this was really came from just to do building a couple in my in my garage. You know, I'm a welder. I'm a I'm a iron worker. I yeah. grew up in a steel yard. I'm not. I was never programmed to be a marketing person. I wasn't programmed to be on TV. I wasn't a program like that was not my plan in life. Actually, a lot of these guys that are on TV. That is their plan. That's what they plan to do. And I, I never had, I never even thought that would ever be possible. You know, for me to be here right now, is it's awesome. You know, it's really cool to be at this point because I never knew that I was geared for this. And, and now that I'm here, the people love it. They love what I do. Um, I'm a normal guy. And I think that's what makes it so cool for people is that I'm at your level. I didn't come into this with millions. So I'm at your level. And when I walk into a room, I vibe with all these guys that are actual workers or mechanics or people that have made it, you know, the hard way. And I like that respect. I wouldn't want it any other way, to be honest with you. I mean, it's a little tougher this way, but it's more sustainable. real. And that's what I think people like about the show is I'm really out here doing this. You know, I'm really creating these projects and I lay awake at night thinking about it. I stand in the shower with my head against the wall for hours thinking of what my next move is tomorrow. Or what I'm creating. I have so much stuff to do. I don't have enough life to do it all. There's a great quote right there, too, that we can add to your mantras. 
Now, let me ask you something. Now, I, you know, my listeners know me. I'm a car guy. I've been a car guy my whole life. I've been to tons of car shows a couple months ago, Monterey, Car Week, where you see all these shiny paint cars, beautiful restorations. But I mentioned to you in our pre-show chat, rat rods, to me, are the antithesis of these shiny cars. But when you really start looking at them, they are truly the great ones, are works of art. There's so much thought that goes into all the components. And at first you think, oh, this guy just took a bunch of crummy pieces and threw them together. So let me ask you this. If you're building a car for customers, are your customers coming from all different walks of life or do they just fit that one kind of mold? Um, you know, I think a lot of the people that come to me to build them something is the fact that it's a lifestyle that they want to be a part of. You know, I've got musicians. I've got people that own trucking companies. I got people that are farmers. I'm not kidding. I mean, it's like it is so widespread. Cool. But I think what it comes down to is when they pull into a car show, they want something different. They want to be different. They want to feel the feeling of everybody going, questioning it. Yeah. It, it's like, I know what the feeling is. I've been doing it for years. You know, when I pull into a car show with my diesel rat rod, say 10 years ago, everybody hated it so bad that they just had to look at it. <laughs> and what, what happened is it caused such a controversy yeah. that it made people like want to cancel their hot rod magazine membership. <laughs> Back then we didn't have like Instagram. It was more like the ham and stuff. So people get on there and just, you know, talk crap and hate on it. Well, the hate on it is what made it so great, uh, you know? Yeah. And he here's a car that was made by hand in my shop that has a, at the time had about a 750 horse twin turbo Cummins diesel in it that you couldn't, argue it because if you wanted to argue i'd take you out on the street i would beat you in it and then if your car <laughs> breaks down i'll just put you on a trailer and pull you home with the same car i just beat you with it's hard to argue with you know yeah and yeah. you know i've had people like you know you go to a car show and it's oh it's not traditional this thing's not traditional and it's not this and not that and yeah they try to make rules so you're not there because they are afraid of the talent and that's what happens to a lot of these guys that build you know rat rods or these heavily fabricated vehicles, mm -hmm. it's because they're scared of these people's talent. You know, a lot of these guys that are building these rat rods now are guys that are in the off-road world, guys that are in the, the uh, race car world, guys that are in, that are building hot rods because they're fabricators, but they're bored. Mm -hmm. And they always come to me and go, dang, I wish I could build this stuff because I'm, I'm just, it looks so much fun. Yeah. And yeah. now they're just doing it, you know? These nice. guys are just doing it now. I love this. I love so many components of it. And uh, yeah, a disruptor, I guess, would be a good term for that you hear in these days in the business world. You are definitely a disruptor, Steve. I like that very much. Well, let's go back in time a little bit. I'd love to hear a story about what instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were a real diehard car guy? Um, you know, ever since I can kind of remember, you know, my dad's just had cool cars. He's always had a GTO 57 Chevy. Um, my dad's always been into cars. Okay. And I think the, the first time I remember being a little kid walking into my, my dad's friend's garage and he had the most gorgeous candy apple 57 Chevy that was a gasser. Okay. Yeah. And, um, I remember walking in to this day, I was probably, I would say, you know, maybe five or six years old. And I remember walking in and just seeing the, the wing on the back of a 57 Chevy. It was a Bel Air. So it had the, 
had the Bel Air stainless steel piece in it. Yeah. And it said Bel Air in it. And the, in the, the wing of the car, I remember walking in. I was so short. I remember I had to look up at it. And I'll never forget. And I know my dad, I know he remembers it too, but I remember this car like it was yesterday. And I was, this literally been 40 years ago, you know? Yeah. And, um, I think that was the kickoff. I mean, I just, I looked at that car and I thought, this is just so cool. You know, the, the motor was sticking out of the hood and it had a straight axle in it and it was all chrome down underneath it because this is probably, well, it was in the seventies, you know, the late seventies. Sure. So gassers were just cool. I mean, that was when they were kind of in their prime. Yeah. So, you know, I was just blown away by just the coolness of the car of taking a mom car basically and turn it into <laughs> such a cool looking rat rod. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and the 57 Chevys have always been one of my favorite cars just because they're just, they're so sexy looking, you know, and you can do so much with them. I've got one that I drive almost every day. It's my daily driver. I drive it around Vegas. I uh, drive it in traffic. It's just, very it's cool. a great feeling, you know? Yeah. So I think that was probably my first time of really getting a, a good dose of my hot rod car world. <laughs> no doubt. I guess I broke my teeth on a gasser. So <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Another great quote. Another great quote. Well, yeah. Steve, you've, you've taken a, you had a life or you have a life, I should say, as an entrepreneur, you get your hands into a lot of things. Well, these kind of lifestyles and business lifestyles are fraught with ups and downs. So I'd love for you to take us to a time where you met up with a huge challenge, or even a big failure that you had to face that you had to overcome. Tell us what that was and then tell us how getting past that helped you gain even more momentum in your career and your business? Basically, being all the way back into high school, you know, I was just, I wasn't really good in school. I, you know, I had a hard time reading and I was just not a very school-oriented person. Back in those days, you're kind of still like a, a dummy, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, like, yeah, okay, well, I got, I got other things that I would rather be doing than sitting here reading about something I don't care about. I know that if I had it to do all over again, I, I don't know if I'd change it because I think it's made me who I am today, but it's a different avenue. So say you're, you're, you're really talented in something, you go with it because it's easy for you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And school was not easy. So things that were more easy to me was, you know, personality and being able to create things that people want to look at, you know, all the way back, you know, I, I was lowering my truck, raising them up and tearing dirt bikes and mini mini bikes and go-karts apart and just raising hell a little bit, you know, and people were like, oh, that's cool, you know? So <laughs> that's kind of the kickoff to get me where I guess I'm at today. Yeah. But it really is just consistency on what you want out of life and what makes you happy. You know, I haven't always done things that always made me happy, you know, and I've failed. I mean, I'm still failing. I could give up so easy if I wanted to, because there's things that frustrate me that make me want to just walk away. But I'm, it's not in my DNA. I mean, I don't feel like I can quit. I am constantly beaten at it. And the problem is, is because I'm not a marketing guy and I'm not a real great business person. I mean, thank goodness I got my sister because she is the one that actually keeps things running around here. But there was a point when I was doing this where you know, I've invested everything that I've ever worked for in my life into rat rods and trying to make this shop, this shop go. Mm-hmm. And right there at the end, it just, it started kind of working, you know? And I mean, I'm still struggling. This isn't, you don't just get on TV and you're a millionaire. I mean, you've got to, <laughs> yes, most know. guys start, <laughs> most, most guys start their millionaires, <laughs> you know, and yeah. it takes, it takes a million to make it work. So, you know, it's, it's tough, you know, and, and I think that's what makes me creative though, is I try to figure out how to 
do it without a lot. Sure. And I think that's kind of my deal. You know, at this point right now, it's like, you know, you're doing these cool things, but to be able to do cool things, you got to have sponsors. You got to have people kind of helping you along the way. And that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm working on now and yeah. trying to build those relationships. It's hard to, you know, you got to have a good reputation and you got to be sustainable. And I think that that's where I'm at. I mean, we're looking at possibly doing a fourth season of TV, you know, things don't take off for a while, you know, and, sure. and, you know, now people are starting to see it a little bit more, you know, and it's such a, like I said, it's an underground thing that you're looking at. People don't understand the rat rod. So it's bringing a culture from the left field that no one even really looked at into mainstream. And to get there has been a long road. You know, yeah. people don't want this. But now, once you get it there, now they all want it. And that's where we're trying to go with it. <laughs> yeah. You hit on a couple really big golden nuggets I heard you talking about. And you first talked about uh, challenges in school. I've had dozens and dozens. Well, now over eight, well, over 868 guests here on Cars. Yeah. And many of them are builders, creative people, artists, journalists, writers, people that work on restoring cars. And many, 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 many of them talk about difficulties in school with either reading difficulties, learning difficulties, Whatever it might be, and it's a really interesting thing to me because you take your weaknesses and then you take your strengths and focus on those strengths and build around those. And that's exactly what it looks like that you've done here with your business and with your life. But mostly it goes back to what you talked about earlier. It's just a lot of hard work and passion and focus. And that's where you're going and and surrounding yourself with great people like your sister and the team you have there. And of course, Discovery Channel where they're helping you with your TV show. So I I love this story. It's fantastic. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a, a career aha moment. It's a time during your building of your business, your career, when you went, ah, yeah, that's the direction I need to focus. You touched on it a little bit with aligning yourself with good partners, sponsors, people around you, but take us to your aha moment. The time where it kind of pivoted is, you know, when I built the diesel rat rod, I mean, it just went crazy. It went viral when we first built the car. Mind you, at this point, it was 2007 when I started the car and it was dead of winter. Work was slow. I was living in Montana at the time. And I go, you know what? I'm going to put a twin turbo diesel engine in a rat rod. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, you got everybody going, that'll, that'll never work. I had a couple of guys, you know, just kind of downplay it pretty hard. And that's what actually motivated me to build it more. <laughs> so once we put the car together and I took it out into the world, it caused such a controversy that I thought, you know what? You got all these people that kind of hate you for it a little bit. And it kind of feels like in a moment you feel like, God, man, did I, what a, you know, but who cares? Who cares if you're making them mad? It, they didn't build it and they didn't have nothing to do with it. They just want to hate on it because they didn't think of it or they didn't create it. And I think that that at that point right there, I was like, you know what? I think I am just going to be the dog crap in the middle of the green grass. <laughs> and I want everybody to have to walk around me yeah. or look at it when they walk by. You don't want to <laughs> step in it. So you got to look at it. Uh, you're funny. I'm just going to let that roll. And, you know, pretty soon it's going to come. Pretty soon people are just going to be like, okay, this is not that bad. And then when you build one, you build two, you build three, and then you build 40 or 50 of them. I'm here to stay, boys. <laughs> and now there's a TV show on TV about it, building these cool things. And, you know, I wish I had more time on TV to build them yeah. because they'd be even more creative. But oh, I sure. have a time frame and I have to stick to that. But I think that really was kind of the pivoting point was just, you know, okay, this is 
you know, I've had production companies that are very interested in people that really want to do something with these cars. And then I dedicated my life to it. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to give it a try for a few years and see if it works. And about the time I was ready to pull out and say, screw it and move on, here it comes. And so here I am. Yeah. Here you are. You know, it's another great story. I really appreciate you taking us there in your very uh, vivid imagination. The way you described it is hilarious, but <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. You're a fun guy. Well, how about a proudest career moment? And, I, and I'd love at this point to touch on something very special that you guys did. You built what you called the cancer car for a little boy that was two years old. Preston uh, Giamanco, is that his last name? Giamanco? Yep. Tell us a little bit about that project, because that certainly has to be something that makes you feel really proud. Well, yeah. I mean, in 2008, I sat down with a tattoo artist, and I rendered a picture of a truck that I wanted to build for the Twin Towers, and one which was a cancer car. You know, I wanted to get it on paper just so I could have it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, neither one of them have ever been built because of the circumstance. You know, they got to be special. They It can't just be built because I want to build it. I mean, it has to be directed towards somebody or something. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, um, the car originally was a pink car. I was going to build it for breast cancer. And I was just waiting for the the time, you know, the time had to be right. You know, this last year, we're in the middle of building cars for discovery. And Joe comes to me with, you know, that his boy had some complications. And I'm like, oh, really? And, you know, at the time, we didn't really think about it. But um, he took him back into the doctor. The doctor said, yeah, he's, he's got kidney cancer. Ugh. You know, the whole shop kind of came to a screeching halt. Yeah. Oh, and goodness. here's a guy, you know, Joe, he's just super cool dude. And Joe's a great guy. Shout out to Joe. He's awesome. <laughs> he is. And I mean, you know, and to keep his composure the same way, it was, I mean, it was probably tearing me up, yeah. you know, inside pretty bad, but I didn't want to break down and cry in front of him or anything, you know, because yeah, no, I wanted I to try to help him yeah. be strong. So, yeah. We all just kind of um, wrote it out for about a month, and um, I decided, you know what, while Preston's going through this whole process, I go, you know, right now might be the time to go ahead and build this car, and we'll change it up a little bit because, <clears throat> you know, this is a very good reason to do it, yeah. you know, and then not only that, but I mean, you're talking about a two-year-old little little boy that is just now starting to talk, you know, just started walking a year ago. So we decided, you know what, let's just build this car. Took one of my best, I had the the nice 31 Ford sedan sitting out there. And I go, you know, let's just bring that in the shop. And I, I really enjoyed the concentration that I put into the car because, you know, I, I've been for one, wanting to build the car a long time, but for two, you know, while Joe's going through this stuff and taking time to go and sit with his little kid you know i mean it's hard to go over there as not a family member and sit in there all day and you know you, you want just your your mom and dad there you don't want right. people there so i thought you know what i'm going to spend my time on the floor in here building 10 dozen roses by hand and branches that are literally made out of iron heated up and woven through the suspension and up through the motor and the rose bushes basically indicate like you know rose bushes are hard to kill you know what I mean? Yeah. And they're, 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 you know, like, I don't know if you've been somewhere where they've grown through a fence or, oh, yeah. you know, they just consume it, you know? Sure. And you can't, you can't hardly burn them out of there, but they're beautiful in some ways, you know, when they're, when they're, when they got a nice red or pink rose on them, I mean, they're awesome. So I just thought that the roses would indicate it's consuming the front of the car and the car basically in the front is a 1930 
frame that is rusted and rotted and been welded on and the wheels are bent and the, the grill shells rotted out. And the, you know, of course, when we go through it, I had to put a, I had a really nice 392 Hemi with a Krager 471 blower and Weber carburetors. Cool. And I was going to put it in a hot rod and I thought, you know what? Things perfect for this car. Yeah. So it's actually got a cool 392 Hemi in it. You know, the motor was freshly built, but everything around it looked old, like the, the valve covers were not done. So we decorated through the motor and just, I put a bunch of rose bushes through it. I got moss in it. And as it goes through that point, it goes through a healing process. So you can see the car actually going through chemo and wow. the cancer leaving the yeah. body of the car. Yeah. And by the time you get to the back of the car, you know, it's, it's gold for childhood cancer. Uh-huh. And it's got a quick change rear end, disc brakes. I mean, it's gorgeous in the back, like a hot rod, yeah, you know, yeah. but the seats even change, you know, the seats are patched in the front. And then as it goes through the back, the seat's brand new in the back seat. So <laughs> this is so cool. It's a, it was a process. It was a really long process of, you know, it turned out great. I mean, I, I don't know if I'd change it much, you know uh, what I mean? It, yeah. it turned out really good, but, and it's kind of got that rat pink look to it where it's hot rod in the rear. And so it, it makes you happy. Yeah. It's just, it's cool. It tells a story and, you know, people are like, well, how do you think of this stuff? And it's like, well, you know, I build these basically off an emotion. It's a feeling. It's not like, you know, guys got so many welding skills and their skills that they don't have the feeling or the emotion that it takes to build one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not only being a car builder, but it's emotionally a process that you go through on every one of them. So I think that that is what makes it cool is I had to feel it and you live it. And, you know, any of these cars that I usually do, I try to live that lifestyle for a little while. Sure. Some are less, some are more. You know, the cancer car was definitely a lot. It takes a lot out of you. And you mentally are drained by the time it's over. Mm-hmm. But there's so much thought and detail. You know, I think people, you know, throwing a car together is one thing, but the details of telling the story is another. Yeah. And it emotionally is kind of draining. So, yeah, it's. It's pretty cool. Well, it's it's beyond cool what you did. So this October, the car is going to be auctioned off through Barrett Jackson, and the money raised. Where's that going to go? The money goes to a company called TGen, and they are a uh, cancer research place where they basically the money goes to research. Awesome. And awesome. try to figure out you know how to help out with you know this cancer and yeah. you yeah. know it's terrible. I mean everybody deals with it. I mean there's been oh, families yeah. out there. Yeah, all day, every day to deal with it. Yep. Yeah, we have in our family too. I, it affects so many people. But you know what you what you've done there is really really awesome, and uh, what a great thing to do for your buddy Joe and his little boy Preston. And uh, it's a wonderful story and wonderful imaginative way that you conceive this car. And I'll make sure I put posts on your show notes page on the Cars yeah website where people can go see what this car looks like because it was really spectacular. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car. Is there a first car that you got looking back that was really special for you and maybe you could share a memory you have about that vehicle you know i could just say that the first car that i paid for i was i think 13 and um i had a redline bicycle that i'd saved up money mowing lawns doing all this stuff and then i wound up saying you know what i'm gonna drive myself to ninth grade this year (laughs) so i sold my bike and i walked to this guy's house and he had a 73 Datsun. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I was like, I didn't care, dude. It was 300 bucks. I sold my bike, and I had a little job just working down the road. I was tired of riding my bike to work all the time. So um, this was in high school. So I was up in Montana at the time. 
So I walked over to the guy's house and he's like, I go, Hey man, I really want to buy this truck. And he's like, well, it, you know, the slave cylinders out of it. And you know, it, it's, it's battery dead. And I go, well, listen, pull your car up in here and jump start me. I'm going to start it in gear. And when it goes, I'm just going to drive it home. Hopefully the jumper cables come off, you know? <laughs> so, and, uh, oh my so anyway, we, I did, I put the jumper cables on so they barely catch. This yeah. is 13 years old. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I go, I go now when I fire it up and go, just pull on them and let them come out. And then I'm going to go around the block. And when I come back, shut the hood. Cause it was <laughs> on those, you just pry the hood up and you put the bar in there. Yeah. <laughs> so I fired it up. I, I started it up in gear. The cables came off. One kind of got hung up. So it jerked it off his car. We got it untangled, but. I went around the block, and when he came back, he just kind of hit the bar, and the hood fell down. And the hood fell. And there you go. There you and go. I, I oh. drove it home with no, you know, the slave stoner was out of it, got it home, and then I would get on my bike and ride to the junkyard every day, and I would go get my parts. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had a different bike, so I could ride down there. And uh, Deeds Auto, which was a place in uh, Montana, cool guys. I'm still friends with him today. Yeah. Dad was awesome. I'd pull in there, and he'd just. So go ahead, go out back. And normally he would just give me stuff. You know, he knew I was broke and yeah, I was only yeah, you know, 13, sure. 14 years old. Sure. So he was really cool. And, but I, that was probably the, <laughs> that was you know, the that one. That is like, that, that's really how kids should do it. They need to, they need to earn that first one yeah. where they can appreciate, you know, even if it was, yeah, I would have loved to have a, a Camaro, a 68 Camaro for my first car. Sure. But, we all would. <laughs> you know, yeah. I started off with that and you know what? I, I loved it. I went out and worked on it every day and I fixed it up and I cleaned it up and took something that somebody was going to pretty much throw out or they're done with it yeah. and made it something cool, you know? And then, okay, I traded that up and just up traded and up traded. And from there, here I am, there you know, you, I mean, you I've go. had hundred hundred. 50 cars or 200 since then. Well, speaking of all these cars, is there one that you could single out you wish you had back, that old uh, seller's remorse story? Um, You know, I had a 72 Ford High Boy with a 428 Cobra Jet in it Ooh. that I bought when I was 19. Uh, another story. Guy would not come off $4,500 for this truck. And I was working for my dad in the steel yard. And I remember this day, I was like, you know what? I'm going to walk there because I'm driving it back today. <laughs> so I walked from my grandma's house over to this guy's house. And he was a biker. And he was a big, mean looking, I mean, a big, mean looking dude. Like big beard. And yeah. Like yeah. he was, you know, he was <laughs> scary. straight up, you know. Yeah. And I remember knocking at his door like, oh, dude, this guy's going to kill me. So, and I'd already been there once. And um, I didn't want to make him mad because he basically slammed the door in my face. Just said forty five hundred or that's it. Yeah. Find the door. So I didn't want to negotiate. I showed up with my forty five hundred that day, and um, it, it sat on the curb. The gutter had been, you know, you could tell where it'd been sitting so long that the gutter had got weeds tied up around the tires. And this is in North Las Vegas, here in Vegas. Uh-huh. And um, I remember going out there, and um, we had to jump start it because it hadn't been started, but it had a four twenty eight Cobra Jet in it. <laughs> cool. It was a four speed high boy. With the big Dana 60 axle, the Dana 80. Uh-huh. I mean, it was a nice truck. And it was straight, but it was a faded yellow. So it looked really, it was such a cool truck, long bed. Yeah. And um, I fired that up. And, man, I, I drove that truck for a couple of years. And 
And uh, that's the one I wish I would have kept because it'd have a 12 valve Cummins in it right now. I'd yeah, be driving it yeah. to work every day. <laughs> so what a great story! Another great. You are full of awesome stories. Well, let's let's talk about what's happening today. I'd love for you to tell our listeners a little bit more about the exciting things that you're doing on Discovery Channel with Vegas Rat Rods, this television show. So, kind of touch on some uh, some of the high points of the show for our listeners. Well, we're we're still kind of in a early stage of negotiation. I. I just came back from Discovery Channel and wound up having one of the greatest meetings I've ever had. I mean, it was a great opportunity to sit in front of some very important people over there and express my feeling on the show and, and how it could be better. And I think it's really cool how they they have such a great strategy and these guys are smart people. It's just when you get in front of them, they got great ideas and they can make movements. And that's what was so cool. And And I think this year coming up, there's going to be a little bit more in it. You know, like, it's hard to build a car in such a short amount of time. We're doing some changes. I don't know how much I can talk about right now, but it, okay. it's going to be really cool. Uh-huh. I think that, you know, I think this year we're going to have some good support. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we can we can push this show a little more and, and show a little bit more of what Steve Darnell does besides the TV show. You know, there's yeah. we have our Instagram as Welder Up Vegas. We do a lot on that to kind of keep our fans watching what we do when we're not filming. Yep. So we're, we're always firing up some cool stuff or driving something neat or, you know, those kind of things are always going on and, you know, it's always kind of fun to see what we're doing. And I think with the show this year, we're going to do a little bit more of that. And I think that that's what people want to see. And I think people like it because I am real. I'm not, you know, this is really my life every day. I'm just doing it every day. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's real. easy for me to do. I right, cool. Yeah. I love that part. So, I'll remind our listeners again, I'll put links on Steve's show notes page here on Cars Yeah, where you can find Vegas Rat Rods so you can check out the new series as it comes out on Discovery Channel. I can't wait to see it. All right, Steve, this is a very introspective question for you. Being an artistic guy, a creative guy, I'm anxious to hear how you're going to answer it. If Steve was a car or a rat rod, what kind would Steve be? Mm, Wow. That's a tough one. <laughs> you know, I if I was going to put myself in B1, I'm a five-window Model A coupe guy. Okay. I love that generation of a style that became such an iconic hot rod later in life. You know, when, when Henry Ford was building these cars, he probably never knew that the, the coupes would be so cool. <laughs> of course. And I think they're so, like, traditional with them, or you could be such a badass looking rat rod you know what i mean sure and i'm just really i think if i were to come back one they're they're cool they're classic there's so much depth to that style that era of car that i think that that would be what i would want to be but i think i would be you know a blown big block chevy with some big tires on it (laughs) of course you know just you know something you show up loud and proud but you still have that nostalgic respect that yeah. was something that was uh, 80, 90 years ago. That's so cool. You know, Perfect. lived through so many decades. So I, I love the five window coupe. If I was going to do one, that'd be me. There you go. I love it. Great answer. Well, Steve up next is the last lap, but before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior is with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers 
for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Steve, we are back, and we're entering the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners a very quick blip of the throttle answer for each. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Well, I think if, if I could give any advice or have been any advice, is do it right the first time because it's so hard to come back. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your successes over the years? I think my habit, if I had to have a habit, it would, it's that I'm a, I'm a workaholic. It's like if, you know, some people smoke cigarettes or whatever and they have a habit. Mine's just, it's work. It's on the mind all the time. And I think that that's what's really brought me to this, to this point right now is just not stopping. Absolutely. So we talked about earlier. Now, how about a resource? There are tons of great resources out there these days. Websites, blogs, suppliers, people, apps. What would be a resource you'd like our listeners to focus in on that you've enjoyed? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think that, I mean, Instagram is such a great tool. Any social media, um, there's so many things that a guy can learn on that. I mean, we try to do how to do's once in a while and stuff like that. But more than anything, you know, you know, we have a YouTube channel. um, We have Instagram and Facebook. And I think that that is such a great tool to go to. And I think really people just, you know, you can sit while you're at the doctor's office and watch it. Yeah. And that's what's so cool about it. Oh, absolutely. And remind our listeners again, what is your Instagram name? It's Welder Up Vegas, is it? There Welder Up Vegas. Welder Up Vegas. All right. It's living through my eyes, which is kind of fun. There you go. Instagram's awesome. Welder Up Vegas Instagram. Check it out. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive field, living or deceased, who would that be? There'd be a few of them. Uh, Clancy Cummins, which was the guy that actually came up with the Cummins diesel. Yeah, he would be a cool one to want to talk to at this point in my life because I've done so much diesel stuff. Um, and like you said, Henry Ford. I mean, it'd be great. The Dodge Brothers. I would love to meet the Dodge Brothers. <laughs> yeah, those guys seem a little wild. You know, I would love to uh, sit and talk to my grandpa right now. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, how about a book? Is there a book you've read, either a car book or a business book or any kind of book that you think our listeners would enjoy? Gene Winfield's got a great story. He's a great friend of mine, super cool guy, yeah. been around. I mean, he's 90, and this guy's still chopping cars. It's incredible. He's such a cool dude, you know, and um, 
we've become great friends. I mean, we did an episode of TV this last year with that 32 five window coupe. Oh, he yeah. came in and chopped it with me. So, yeah. you know, he's an old timer that's still around. I mean, if anybody could get a book, I would order that one and go through what he's done in his life and seen all the way back into the early days. I mean, he said he chopped his first 32 Ford when he was 14. He was around when cars were like, no one cared. Yeah. When they were just old rotten cars. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's probably one I would look at. Uh, great, great recommendation. Well, listeners, you can find all these great resources that Steve has shared on his show notes page at carsyeah.com. Just type Steve Darnell into the search bar. His page will pop up with links to this great book by Gene. I'd love to have him on the show. Maybe you can connect me with him and all the other past guest recommendations. And you know what? I made it really easy. All you need to do is click it and you can buy it. Awesome. All right. We're up to the checkered flag, Steve. This last question could be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you any cool collector car in the world today. Anything you want. doesn't matter what the cost is because I'm writing the check. What would that car be and why? I really like, I love the shows from the 60s and 70s. Uh-huh. You know, one of the cars that I would love to have, and I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Hollywood Nights with Tony Danza and Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, this was done probably, I would say, in the late 70s, early 80s. There was a 57 Chevy on that show that was the Project X. The car is still going through transformation. But at that era, it was a blown small block in a 57 Chevy 210. Gorgeous car. And in my life, that would probably be one of the ones that I would want. And in that show also was a red 65 GTO that I I freaking love because my dad... He's had a 65 GTL since I was a little kid. So <laughs> just that movie alone was really cool. Seventies were really neat. A vanishing point. I would love to have the, I would love to have the truck in duel. I mean, that was just cool. You know, that old truck that was chasing that fury around. Of course. Um, yeah. I just think, I think there were so many cool cars in that era that I loved. That would probably be the, a few of the top ones that I. I would want. That Chevy in Hollywood Nights, that's, that was yellow, if I remember, right? The yellow car? Yeah. But the hood yeah, was, was yellow. The hood was off, the big blower sticking out of yep. the front. Yeah, okay. Yep. Okay, well, you know what? Since Now, you've named a couple cars here, but I've got to hold you to one because I've, I've been pulled this trick by many past guests. There's a bunch of cars. I'm only going to buy you one car today. So if you had to narrow it down between those three or four, would it come back to the Chevy, the Hollywood Nights car? Yeah, probably. That All would right. Be the one. <laughs> That's a pretty darn cool car. I, re- <laughs> I remember that car. It's great. Well, Steve, you have taken me on an awesome ride today, my friend. I knew you would. I knew this was going to be fun, and I've really enjoyed learning more about you and all your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with me and the Car Shout listeners. Is there one parting piece of wisdom or guidance you might offer us before you do a huge burnout into the sunset in that 57 Chevy Project X? Yeah, I mean, if, if I could get my my butt in the seat of that car, I would definitely like the tires <laughs> up clear down the street. I'm sure you without would. Without a doubt. I'm sure you would. But if I if I had one piece of advice to say, just keep your head down, stay in your lane, and just work your butt off because really, there's no other way of making it. I mean, that's sustainable and that has respect to it. You just have to just keep your head down and do what you got to do and. And just be honest and make it happen. That's what we're, we're trying to do here. Very wise words from a guy who's walking the talk and living the life. And Steve, what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you, your business, the TV show? What are all the ways they can uh, can check out what you're up to? Well, I mean, first of all, you can go to our WelderUp website. It's WelderUp.com. You can check it out. You can see the cars we built. 
You can um, buy shirts. You can get hats if you want. There's a lot of the cars that we build on TV on there. Also, we have a Facebook um, that you can go to, which is uh, Welder Up on Facebook. There you go. And also, you go to our Instagram, which is Welder Up Vegas. And like I said, that one, I'm, I'm active on that a lot. People are, you know, we're always posting stuff all day long. And, you know, we are kind of getting more into our YouTube channel so we can, you know, people can actually watch what we do. And, and um, you know, it's just hard. It's hard to keep up on it all the time. But, you know, with all these things, it's like, you know, I got to work at some point. So <laughs> yeah, we I know. To, we try to stay active on it. But that's it. I mean, that's pretty much where you can find us and, you know, keep up on everything. All over the places. And I love your website. It's really, really great. You guys have done an awesome job there. Listeners, again, you can find links to everything Steve has shared on his show notes page. I'll make sure I put links to the website, Instagram, YouTube, all the different ways that you can find out about Steve Darnell, his fantastically talented team, and his TV show, Vegas Rat Rods. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything we've talked about here today on Steve's show notes page on the Cars yeah! website. And don't forget to check out the upcoming new series, the new Vegas Rat Rods. Uh, we can't wait to see what you guys are doing to uh, take it up to the next knot. I'm looking forward to it. I wish you the greatest success. Steve, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Right on. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to carsyeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!